All right. How's everybody doing this morning? There you go. You can applaud for that video. That's pretty cool, huh? So if you didn't catch it, that uh, is Brooke. She's the counselor over at Cedar Forest. There's a local elementary school that we have a great partnership with. And um, as we're in this series called Thankful, now let me just you know, make sure if you weren't here last week that you understand this, that uh, we know it's spelled wrong, right? Uh, we, we know that there's only one L in Thankful, uh, but it's Thankful because the idea of the series is this, is that when we live lives of thanksgiving, and that thanks in our life is a, is a constant part of who we are and what we do. It brings a level of fullness to our life. And, and so that's really the, kind of the big idea for, for our series this next uh, month that we're going to be in. And, and so we want to, as we talk about being thankful, um, we're wanting to share with you the, the thankfulness of people in our community who you, through our church, are helping to support and sponsor. And one of those great partnerships that you are so generous to uh, through our church is Cedar Forest Elementary School. And um, just this past Friday, uh, you provided uh, breakfast for their annual Veterans Day breakfast. They had between 150, 200 um, veterans and kids and family gathered together just to be honored on this Veterans Day. And so um, we had a team that went over there and served. I was able to come and uh, be a part of that time. And it was an incredible time for them to be able to say thank you to us because of what we were able to do and how we were able to serve because of the generosity of our church. And so we want to say thank you to that as we're talking about being thankful in this series. You know, this series is one that um, you know, it's, it's that time of year, right? Um, I think just about every church is probably preaching on being thankful. Um, it's not like a very original thing, but it's something that I think is important because thankfulness is not just a once a year thing or it shouldn't just be a once a year thing. Now, I know this, that some of you, you've already skipped over Thanksgiving. You jumped to Christmas, right? I don't know if it's the result of just the way things are in our country, the cold weather, but it just seems to me like everybody's already decorating for Christmas. And that's cool. I got no problem with that. But the, the danger in that is, you know, you, you jump over, if you're not careful, this season that's all about challenging you to be thankful. So whether you're thinking about being thankful now or whether you jumped onto Christmas or you're going on to something else in your life, we want to challenge you with this. And so we have a 30 days of thanks challenge that we've given you. So on social media, uh, we want to challenge you every single day. Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think this is day 12. And um, I'm probably on day 10 in, in uh, my consistency. Uh, so if you miss a day, don't give up. Just jump back on the wagon or you can double up. Or I saw somebody, they like, they like fived up. Like, you know, uh, I don't know what you call that. It's not quadrupled, but it's something. Um, and, you know, and so it's just for you to come alongside that on social media, post something you're thankful for. Uh, it can be something big, something small. It can be really anything. It's everything from family to coffee to, you know, heat, whatever it is. And, and, and do that. And, and then... Uh, uh, not hashtag us, hashtag us, or um, you can select us or click River Club Church and and let us know as well that um, you're doing this so we can actually share that. So if you were able to be here before the service started, we were sharing some of those different things we're thankful for. And so we want to be able to include as many of those as possible. So make sure you're doing that. And if you're not on social media, you can still take time to be thankful over this series. 
So last week, Ryan Chasen, our uh, Next Generation Minister, kicked off our series talking about this idea of being thankful. And he shared from the, our, our theme verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And what he talked about was this, that that, that, that verse says some very, very important things to us. One is this. It says to be thankful and give thanks in all circumstances. That no matter what comes in our life, we should choose to give thanks to God. Now, that's counterintuitive because there are some things in our life that we're not very thankful about. And there are some things that we're not thankful for. And the Bible doesn't say to be thankful for all circumstances. It says to be thankful what? In all circumstances. There are some things that you don't need to be thankful for. There are some things in this world that you don't need to be thankful for that that bad thing happened or that tragedy happened. But no matter what's going on, fullness is found when we're thankful, not because of our circumstances, but we're thankful no matter the circumstances. And we want to be thankful in all things. And that brings a level of fullness. Now, what's cool to me is that You know, we believe as a church, we believe the Bible is true. The Bible is timeless. It's the very truth of God that applies to your life no matter when you live, no matter where you live, no matter your background. And what's so cool to me is that when culture and when modern thinking backs up what the ancient words of the Bible have already taught us. And so the Bible says that if you want to live God's will, God's blessed life, his, thank, his, his full life, then be thankful. And there's research study after research study after research study that backs that up and tells us that we need to be thankful because it actually brings a benefit to our life. One of those is by a guy named Robert Emmons. So I, I don't know who, I didn't know who he was, but He's the uh, University of California, Davis. He's in their psychology department. He's a professor and he's done, and is considered by many to be kind of the expert on the psychology of being thankful. And here's what he says about those who practice gratitude. He says, those who practice gratitude tend to be more creative. They bounce back more quickly from adversity. They have a stronger immune system, system. And they have stronger social relationships than those who don't practice gratitude. He further points out, to say we feel grateful is not to say that everything in our life is necessarily great. It just means that we're aware of our blessings. Now, his research has proven what the Bible said thousands of years ago. That if you want to live a good life, you want to live a blessed life, you want fullness in your life, then choose to live a life that is thankful. That an attitude of gratitude in your life and my life actually helps us live and experience a better life. And so this series, what we're wanting to do is Ryan kicked it off last week talking about just that big idea. And then over the next several weeks, we want to talk about some specific ways that thankfulness can help us live out other parts of God's will. That thankfulness can actually produce in us certain things that help our lives become more full and more abundant and more joyful. And today what I want to talk to you about is this. I want to talk to you about generosity and the difference that thankfulness can make in our lives when it comes to this idea and call of God that we are to live lives of generosity. We're to be known as generous people. So if you're taking notes, write this down today. Thankful living helps us embrace the call to generous giving. 
that thankful living helps us embrace the call to generous giving. That if you want to experience a full life, you want to experience the joy of being generous, answer the call that God has given to you and me, if you're followers of Jesus, to be generous with our time, with our talents, with the things in our life. Being thankful and being thankful as a person actually helps us to be generous as a person. And it brings a blessing in our life. And so to, to begin, what I want to do is this. So I want to share with you um, just a, a text and a passage that gives an example of a group of people who we actually see this working in. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, turn there. Or you can watch on the screen. The verses will be on there. And we're going to talk about a story that, that the Apostle Paul, in writing about writing to the Corinthian church, He's, he's telling them about another group of followers of Jesus, another group of Christians, and those are people who are from Macedonia. And here's what we see about them. Look at me, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. It says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So here's the setting. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, the writer of much of what we have as the New Testament today, is writing a letter to Corinth, to, to a place called Corinth, to followers of Jesus, to Christians there. And he's writing to them about this collection, this offering, this opportunity to give that they've committed to and he invited them to earlier on. What was happening was the, the church in Jerusalem, the Christians in Jerusalem, were going through a time of severe trial. They were struggling. They were dealing with poverty. There was a lot of oppression that was coming upon them. And so Paul asked the other churches to gather together to give an offering to help the Christians in Jerusalem. Now he's writing because there's a church in Macedonia, a group of Christians in Macedonia, who were extremely generous even though they weren't asked to be a part of this offering. Because as it says here, there's certain things we see about them. And what Paul's doing is he's using these Macedonian Christians as an example and an encouragement and kind of a challenge to the Corinthian Christians so that they will understand this call to give generously. And so it says this about him. It says, in the midst of a very severe trial, these Macedonian Christians were also going through a time of severe trial. They were going through a time of struggle. They were going through their own difficulty. And so they were generous, not because life was easy to be generous. They were generous, even though their circumstances would have given them an excuse to not be generous. They were going through a very severe time. And it says that they're extreme poverty. These were people who didn't have a lot to give. They, they were in need uh, in, in and of themselves. And so what Paul actually goes on to say is, listen, we didn't ask them to give to the church in Jerusalem because we knew that they had their own need. So he felt bad even asking them to give because they were going through their own hard time. They were suffering their own need. They had poverty in their own life. But they decided that despite all of those things, because of what he says is an overwhelming joy, they gave generously. They approached the church leaders and said, we want to give. 
They're like, no, you don't have to give. They said, no, no, we want to give. And so Paul is using them in this letter to the Corinthian church as an example of what we're talking about, that joyful living, that thankful living. Because listen, if you're going to be a joyful person, you have a thankful spirit. I've never seen a joyful person that was ungrateful. I've never seen a joyful person that was not thankful for things in their life. Like thankfulness is an essential ingredient to being a joyful person. And that if we want to do this, that no matter our circumstances, no matter what's going on, if we choose to be thankful, it will result in this generosity in our life. And so he continues to say this, that listen, that that the Macedonians are an example. They're thankful living resulted in this generous giving. And Paul's saying this to the Corinthians because he's saying, listen, God's desire for you is that you'll do the same thing. That out of your own joy, your own learning to be thankful, God will increase and use you to be generous. Here's what he says. Look at verse 6. He says, So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. He's saying, listen, you guys committed to this. You started giving, but I want you to continue. You, you made commitments maybe, or you made a pledge to do this. Well, now's the time to actually do it. And then he kind of gives them a challenge. He says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in complete earnest, earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So Paul's saying, listen. You've committed to be part of this. You want to be a generous people. Well, take note of the Macedonians. That they didn't allow their circumstances to dictate their generosity. They didn't allow their own struggles to dictate their generous spirit. What they did was they gave even more than they could give. And they did so out of an overflowing joy and thankfulness. That if we want to be generous people, we need to become thankful people. Because if we're not thankful in our life, we're going to be less prone to be generous. And if we want the generous, or we want the blessing of God that comes in generosity, we need to understand this challenge to be thankful, not for everything, but to be thankful in every circumstance is something that will change your life and my life and actually will help us become more generous people. And so here's what I want to share with you in the time we have left is, is I want to share with you four things, four truths, four realities, four principles of what thankfulness does, how thankfulness can help us to be more generous, how thankfulness can help us to, to focus not just on ourselves, but focus on other people. That thankfulness can, can help us to really embrace when Jesus said this, that it's more blessed to give than receive, that the blessing of generosity can become more and more a part of our life. So if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Because these four things I think are so important. Number one is this, is that when we choose a life of being thankful, that thankfulness helps us realize that God is the owner of all things. It helps us realize God's the owner of all things. See, to be a generous person we need to first understand how we need to view the things God has given to us. And when we're thankful and we want to be more generous, thankfulness helps us realize the truth that God is the owner of all things. 
Um, Stephen Covey, a leadership expert and, and personal life coach, wrote this. He said this, that the way we see things is the source of the way we think and the way we act. That, that the way we see things in life, our perspective, our understanding, will influence not just how we think, but also how we act. That how we view the things in our life and how we are thankful for them or not thankful for them, it's not just going to affect that part of our life. It's going to affect how we think and it's going to affect what we do. Right? And so this, this idea is, is, is seen in so many different ways, but especially if you have kids. There's this story that a pastor told a long time ago. You probably heard it, but he was talking about how, you know, this, this idea of, of how we view the things that we've been given, right? And he tells a story of a, a dad who takes his teenage daughter to a football game. And, and they're going in, and the dad stops by the concession stand and says, listen, hey, what do you want? Do you want anything? And she's like, yeah, I want a bag of Skittles. And so they get the bag of Skittles. The dad pays for them. He gives the bag of Skittles to the girl, and they go, and they sit down. Well, they're watching the game, and a few minutes later, the dad leans over to his daughter and says, hey, can I have a few Skittles? And the daughter looks at him and says, no, they're mine, Right? And the dad, in a loving way, responds, well, who bought those for you? Well, you did. So I gave them to you. Yeah, but they're mine, right? See, the daughter's perspective of how she viewed those Skittles affected what she did with those Skittles. And in her mind, she was the owner of the Skittles. Those were hers. Now, the reality was, was that she did nothing for the Skittles. She didn't pay for them. They were actually a gift from a generous father who just simply wanted a little bit of what he had given to her. See, we need to understand that God is the owner of everything in this world. God is the dad who buys the Skittles for the kid. Like, without the dad, there's no Skittles. Everything is, number one, owned by God. And when we see this in so many different verses, but here's a couple. Psalm 24, 1 through 2. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So just in case we're not clear what everything and all means, it means everything and all. That everything in this world, God actually owns. Well, why is God the owner? Well, it continues. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. So God's the owner of everything. Why? Because God created everything. Because without God, there would be nothing. That everything... Every person, every animal, every dollar, every possession, everything ultimately is owned and ruled by God. Look at Deuteronomy 10, 14. It says, to the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. See, a thankful spirit that leads to generosity, it realizes that God is the owner of all things. That we're not an owner, but we're simply a steward or we're a manager. Well, so how do we get what we have? Well, number two is that it, it not only does the, the first thing, but it also remembers that God is the giver of all things. So it, 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 realizes, it realizes that God is the owner of all things, but number two, that God is the giver of all things. That everything we have in our life, everything good in our life, has been given to us by God who ultimately owns everything. Look at James 1, 7. He says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. It says, Everything 
Every good and perfect gift, everything good that you've been given in your life has been given to you by God. Now, listen, this is where we want to push back because you're like, okay, I mean, I get that, but I worked to earn the money to do this stuff. So, I mean, okay, God gave, God owns everything, but I'm the one that got the stuff. I'm the one that bought the stuff. I'm the one that paid for it. I'm the one that worked overtime for it. I'm the one that did the work. Like, like I'm the one. So, you know, I, I mean, I earned this. I, I deserve it. Well, that, that's true, but everything still goes back to God. Because God is the one who, number one, gave you you, gave you the abilities that you have, gave you the job that you have, gave you a boss that didn't stiff you this week and actually paid you. So God ultimately is behind even the things that we earn and that we work for that that we are able to get. God gives us every good thing in our life. Everything that we have was given by God. And God owns it all. And see, when we begin to realize that perspective, then it needs to change how we view the things in our life and how we view what, what we have and even what we don't have. So if everything is, you know, owned by God, everything's given to us by God, then the third thing that we, we understand through thankfulness that leads to generosity is this, is it helps us to recognize the greater purpose of what he's given. See, everything that God does has a purpose. Everything that God does goes back to his greater purpose in what the world is doing and what's happening in the world we live in. And the things that God has given to you and given to me, the things that are ultimately his, that he's given to us to manage and to steward and to use well according to how he says we should be using them, it has a greater purpose. Listen, God wants to bless you. God longs to give you good things. The Bible says that he's a perfect father, not an imperfect father like I am, not an imperfect father like I had, but he's a perfect father. And this perfect father gives us good things. He gives us what's best. He gives us what's best for us in this circumstance and where we are. So God wants to bless you. And if we're thankful in this this time of being thankful, we realize all the ways God is actually blessing us. But God doesn't just give us certain things and allow us certain things for our own benefit. That God's greater purpose is that not only that we would be blessed, but because God blesses us, we would be a blessing to other people. So check this out. Genesis 1, or Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. At the very beginning of the story of God, the very first book in the Bible, we see this truth that God blesses not just to bless, but to be a blessing to others. Check this out. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So he says to this guy, Abraham, Abram, who became known as Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel, the, the people who was the lineage of Jesus, the, the one who would come to save the world from their sin. He says, listen, I'm going to bless you. He says, I mean, he says listen, I'm, I'm, go do what I want you to do. Follow me, and I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. 
He says, listen, if anybody is, is for you, I'll be for them. If they're against you, I'm going to be against them. Like God's saying, I'm going to give you an incredible blessing and role in this greater story of what I'm doing to save all of mankind from their sin. But he says, listen, every time that he says you will be blessed and I'll bless you, he then comes back and says what? I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. See, God's blessings in our life, the things that God owns that he gives to us, they're not just to bless us. They're to be used to bless others. Guess what a good steward or a good manager does. A good manager is somebody who takes what the, the owner has given to them and tries to do what the owner would want done with what they've been given, Right? I mean, how many of us have ever borrowed or loaned something to somebody else and, and they didn't treat it the way that we would have treated it, right? Like it comes back and it's not clean. It comes back and it's out of gas. It comes back and it's broken. And, you know, you're kind of like, man, I, you know, I, I, I would have done something different with that. Why? Because you're the owner. Now, when somebody that you loan something to doesn't take care of or, or use whatever that was in the right way, how much more likely are you going to, are going to be to loan them something the next time? Right? Listen, we've all been there before. And I don't know why it is the people that mess up our things are always the ones who want to borrow something else, right? It just seems like that's just kind of the way. Probably because they don't care. And it's like, well, I'll use yours because I don't want to mess mine up, right? But see, a, a good steward, a good manager, they, they take what is owned by the owner that's been given to them, and, and they do with that what best honors the manager. And see, when we recognize and we realize these truths that God's the owner of everything, that everything we have has been given by him, and that he has a plan and a purpose for everything we've been given, a good steward and manager says, okay, God, I want to do what you want me to do with what I've been given. And to Abram, he says, I'm going to bless you so you'll be a blessing. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, Paul, the same Paul who we've been talking about writing to the Corinthians, is writing to a young pastor named Timothy. And he's giving this young pastor advice of, of what he should teach and what he should lead these Christians to do in his church. And here's what he says to him. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. So he says, okay, Timothy, pastor, I want you to command your people. Not suggest to them, not, you know, hey, this might be a good idea. Here's some good advice. He says, no, I want you to command them to, to do something. Now he says, I want you to command those who are rich in this present world, which at that point, anybody who's read that passage goes, oh, that's not me because I'm not rich, right? Listen, the truth is, is that, is that if we look around, there, there are people who we are richer than, and there are people that are richer than us. So determining what it means to be those who are rich in this present world is, is always kind of difficult. But in the context of this, what he's saying is, if you have more than your quote-unquote daily bread, if you have more than just simply getting by for today, you've been blessed far more than so many people in our world. Though you might not be as rich as so-and-so, that you've been blessed more than other people. And so he says, those who are rich in this world, those who have something, 
who have more than just what they need to get by today. He says, command them to do this. This is what God, the owner, wants us to do with what he's given to us. He says, command them, verse 18, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The owner, God, says to all those who he's given things to, be generous. Be generous. And being generous is a result of our being thankful and having the right perspective that God is the owner. Everything we have comes from him. And that he's got a desire for how we use the things he's given to us. And when we understand that, then the fourth thing begins to happen in our life. And it's this, that when we're thankful in a way that leads us to be more generous, then that thankfulness responds in generosity. That it does what God wants us to do. It responds in generosity with what the giver has given to us. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians Paul was talking about the Macedonians. What did their right perspective bring? What did their thankful joy bring in their life? Well, 2 Corinthians 8, 2, he says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Their thankful spirit that led to joy in their life, having this perspective, this right perspective of who owns what they have and and who gave them what they had and what did God, this owner, want them to do with it. It led them to actually be generous. And so Paul's writing to the Corinthians and he's saying, listen, you need to do the same. God's call of generosity is not just for the Macedonians. It's not just for the Corinthians. God's call for generosity is for every follower of Jesus. It's for you. It's for me. That, that God wants us to be people who respond because of what God has given to us. That thankfulness leads us to be generous. Look what he says in verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 67. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He says, listen, that you need to give and be generous to what God is calling you to give to and be generous to, but don't do it out of guilt. Don't do it out of compulsion. Don't do it out of obligation. He says, I want you to choose what God's calling you to do out of a cheerful heart, that God wants a cheerful giver. God doesn't want a reluctant giver. God doesn't want a disgruntled giver. God wants you and for me to be so full of joy and thanksgiving because of what he's given to us that when given the opportunity to be generous to others, it overflows from who we are. Not based on our circumstances, not based on how easy it was that month to give, but that generosity leads us to actually be, be giving. And he goes on to say, listen, that God will bless us when we're generous. Look at verse 8. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply the increase of your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. 
God says, if you'll manage what he's given you well, if you'll be generous, God will make sure you have what you need. Now, not everything you want, but what you need. And see, there's this tension that whenever a church talks about money, you kind of get lumped into different categories. And, and, and one of the, the, the kind of categories and, and ways that some churches talk about money is they, they basically tell you this, that they use this passage that if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. So the more you give, the more you'll get, right? And they say, if you want to get good things, then give good things. If you want to get a lot of stuff, then give a lot of stuff, especially to this one particular guy or ministry or, or woman, right? And they say, listen, that, that God's promise is that if you'll give, you'll get. Now, you listen to that and it's like, that doesn't seem like that's the heart of it. But the reality is, is that God does say that if we're generous, he'll provide for us, that there's a blessing in that. Now, here's the difference, though. And this is where I think the Bible comes down on on this, this idea is God does promise that if you and I will be generous, he'll be generous to us, but not just for our own benefit. We don't give so we can get rich and have everything we want and desire. He goes on to say that, listen, he'll give you everything that you need, and then he'll continue to bless you so that you can then continue to be a blessing. See, see, the reality is when God blesses us with more, it's not just a reward for us to keep and amass and hoard all this great stuff for us. It's so that we will use that same generous spirit to be even more generous. The Bible says, listen, if you're, if you're faithful with little things, God will give you greater things. Why? Because he trusts you to be faithful with that. Not just so you can have more, not just so you can have everything you want, but so that you'll continue to be a blessing. Right? So God provides for us and he blesses us when we're generous. But he goes on to say this, that it's not just that, that we are blessed. But our blessing blesses others. Our generosity results not just in our being blessed, but in other people being blessed and their being thankful. Look at verses 12 through 15. It says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people. So it's saying, listen, that there's a practical thing happening here. That this money you're going to provide in this offering, it's going to practical things. Like we really need these dollars and that kind of stuff or whatever they were given back then because like there's real needs so not only is it meeting real needs but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to god saying that it's causing other people to be thankful that your thankfulness that results in generosity is now causing other people to be thankful and will hopefully result in them to be generous and this cycle happens in life. It's one that this, this one group in, in Boston calls the gratitude generosity cycle. Check out this, this kind of graphic and you can see what, what it says. But it's the idea that when we experience generosity from God or from others, and that results in thankfulness in our life, then that thankfulness once again leads us to be a generous people, which allows somebody else to be thankful and their thankfulness will hopefully result in generosity. So it's this never ending cycle of generosity and thanksgiving and generosity and thanksgiving that not only exists in our life, but exists in the lives of other people. And it's kind of this, this, this idea, right? 
And, and it's what we see happening all throughout Scripture. Like the Macedonians are an example of somebody who experienced God's generosity, believed that God was generous, even though they were going through a hard time and they didn't have a lot. And because of their thankfulness, they were then generous to another person. And their example, Paul's saying, is should cause a, a gratitude in the lives of the Corinthians that will lead them to be generous. See, what's so cool about generosity is this, is that it not only blesses us, but it blesses others. It has the ability to not only impact the giver, but also the one who receives. And that blessing and what can happen, there's no telling how far that can go. You know, the thing I love about stories like Brooke shared um, from Cedar Forest is this, is that we have no idea what's going to result from the generosity we've shown to families at Cedar Forest. Like the, the story of the mom who was stressed out because she couldn't buy school supplies until the next pay period. When, when they said, listen, we can give that to you. That thankfulness that she showed, we have no idea how that may cause generosity in her life that would then impact somebody else. See, when we choose to be thankful, it not only changes us and can help us be more generous, but then it can also change the lives of other people. It's the power of what being thankful can do for us. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says this, A generous person will prosper. God will bless us in different ways if we choose to be generous. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That when we choose to be generous, God will be generous to us. When we choose to refresh others, God will bring a refreshing to us. So here's the questions I want to leave you with today, the takeaways. First is this. I want us all to ask, am I thankful for what God has given me? Am I thankful for what God has given me? Like, like, are you truly practicing an attitude of gratitude over this season? You know, are you identifying those things that you oftentimes overlook? And are you allowing this thankfulness to grow in your life? Are you choosing to be thankful even though things aren't what you planned right now and they're not what you wanted right now, but you know that God's with you? And you're believing that God's going to use this. No matter how difficult and disappointing it is, he's going to use it for a bigger purpose. Are you, are you doing that? And the second question is this. Not just am I thankful for what God's given me, but am I generous with what God has given me? Is that thankfulness resulting in your being generous? Giving to those in need? using what God's given you in the way that best honors him. It could be that if you struggle with generosity, like we all do sometimes, that if you struggle with generosity, that the problem might not be generosity, the problem might be a lack of gratitude and thankfulness. Because thankful living will help us embrace a life of generous giving. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning. God, ultimately that you have provided for us the greatest
gift. A gift that's greater than any material possession. It's greater than any relationship on this earth that we may have. It's the gift of your son, Jesus. John 3.16 tells us that, God, you gave. And you gave your one and only son. That any of us, God, whoever would believe in him, wouldn't have to perish, but we could have eternal life. Full life, abundant life. And that life would carry not just here, but into eternity. And God, if you, ne- if you never gave us anything else in our life, the fact that you gave us Jesus should create in us an incredible overflowing thankfulness. And so God, as we go through this season of Thanksgiving and the holidays approaching, God, I pray that, that you would help us to, to really experience what it means to be thankful that you bring fullness to our life because of our focus on thanksgiving. And God, that that thankfulness would result, God, in not just an enjoyment of the things you've given to us, God, but a generosity. And so, God, I know for me that for that to happen, I've, I've got to daily come to you and, and, God, commit to you my heart, commit to you my emotions, commit to you, God, my my thoughts and my actions. And so, God, as we sing this song together in this time of response, God, I pray that, that you would take our, our song as a, as, a, as a prayer and commitment today. And that, God, you would help us to not just be thankful for the things that you've given to us, God, but to learn to even be more and more generous with the things you've given to us. God, we give you this time to speak to us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.